Hello and welcome to another new episode of Tony the Movie Guy, the podcast. This is part two of Famous Film Directors with our very special guest, filmmaker Darius Wilhair. So listen to the second half of their list and enjoy. Hello, everyone. It's Tony the Movie Guy and... Miss Money Annie. All right. And this is part two of Best Film Directors with my special guest, filmmaker Darius Wilhair. Hey, how's it going? It's going good. This is exhausting, (laughs) but it's so much fun. Okay. Yeah. So look, Darius and I are total nerds. Um, So we picked Best uh, Film Directors. We picked like 25 each and... You know, I saw after like an hour that, oh my God, we could be here for like two days. Literally, if our like wives forgot about us, we could like, <laughs> we probably just like wouldn't eat for three days and just keep talking. And, and I'd be like in seven, you know, they would <laughs> discover us in this apartment with like IV tubes yeah, just hooked up to us. I love your passion though. That's why genuinely I was really excited to have you on the show. As you know, um, for months I've been saying, dude, you know, and your schedule's been busy. My schedule's been busy. So I'm really glad you're on. Yeah, well, you know, it's the same with you. I mean, it's you, you always have, you know, everybody loves talking about the movies, but there's there's different levels of loving talking about movies. And <laughs> like, sure. and, and, and really, you know, like you have uh, a phenomenal knowledge of, of film. So it's fun. We get, to, we get to, we get to jazz and you get to pipe in and, you know, it's sort of like between the three of us, it just, it's got a good vibe. That's you fun. do too. And you're a very skilled filmmaker as well. You've, you've got a lot of fingers in different pies. So Thank you. it's awesome. And I, actually that's how Miss Money Annie and I really bonded was just yeah. the love of movies and, yeah. you know, me educating I her. I called him my movie friend. Fine film. I was like, only movie <laughs> friend? But do you, I mean, like for decades now movies have been the birthplace of so many friendships because it they're experiential moments and absolutely and and if anything that's what cinema has to keep alive like and and that's why i feel like cinema is getting even more so uh experiential driven because there's a lot of stuff that's now making its way to the smaller screen that would have been cinema before just for economical reasons frankly like on demand yeah. Home video. Yeah. yeah. You know, Straight to on demand. And so. Goddamn Netflix. So, <laughs> ah, you know, I love Netflix. It's, it's its own thing. It's, it's people are sharing in different ways now. Yeah. Now they're like, they see a movie, they're crying their eyes out and they're live tweeting. Oh my God. You know, it's right. like, I've just grown a second vagina. I'm crying so hard. You know, it's like. I've said that before. Yeah. No, I haven't. So, um, it's just, it's a different experience now, but there is nothing like having 400 people in a, a theater going so through. Actually, there is, the, the the next closest thing is a concert. Right? Yeah, or a theater, yeah. I was going to say, in the theater. Or a play. A play. But, so those uh, group, you know, heard oh, movements, heard emotions. Yeah, it's, watching Inception on opening night with that theater or avatar yeah. for the first time gets a lot of shit now but come on when i saw that in 3d and imax on opening night we everyone was just mesmerized yeah, jurassic park hearing people screaming absolutely <laughs> anyway that's why i love having you on the show Thank we you. all love film um so look we're, we're just gonna keep rolling here because uh, we have a lot to cover and Let's i go. want to cover it yeah. because uh, you know 
this is what's funny is we're just scratching the surface oh, obviously yeah. this is just our pick of best film directors you know we both made lists of 25 film directors um and as you said we've had a lot of crossovers so we're probably talking about 25 30 in total there's hundreds of incredible filmmakers yeah and um, and, and our list to some degree they're 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 kind of similar but different because I sort of decided to do my list uh, sort of experientially as I discovered film. That's right. I love that you did and, that. And, and because a lot of people tend to go a best list, and it's that's almost clinical to me because they're like Orson Welles, so number odd, one. Yeah. It's it, it it's kind of like now you're. I'm like, what are you gonna do? Like you know stand an Olympics trial test where it's like, you can't, art is not like that. It's not, yeah. it isn't that clinical. It can't be scientifically measured because I it's agree. subjective to the person. So, you know, um, and I think if anybody's going to make a list, it should be based off the, how it affected them. Exactly. Yeah. Here's how I did mine actually was body of work, the number of films that really touched me and also just how many, how rewatchable and how much they stand the test of time for me. Exactly. That's how I did it. That's why, like, George Miller, for instance, that's an interesting pick because I wasn't even really familiar with his whole body of work. But obviously, Mad Max is incredible. Yeah. Um, but that's great. That's why I love that we all have our own lists. Okay, so I, it's my turn, right? Yes, it is. Yay. Okay, good. So here <laughs> we go. Paul Thomas Anderson. So he is one of my favorite directors of all time. I absolutely love him, and I love the smirk on your face, Darius. <laughs> so he's not even on your list, right? I, it's worse. Oh, you hate him? No, no, not at all. Okay. Wait, do you want me to talk you, first? You go, you go first. <laughs> oh, my go. God. You look so <laughs> mysterious. Okay. I, I, here's why. Okay. He, he started with a film called Hard Eight. Don't like it at all. Not a fan. Then he did Boogie Nights, which when it came out, it was such a weird film, all about the porn industry. Mm. When I saw it, I didn't love it. And it was Marky Mark and, you know, 13-inch cocks, you know, being flipped out as the last scene of the film. And it was kind of a weird film. Then I watched Magnolia, which is one of my all-time favorite films of all time. It has the singular best Tom Cruise performance I've ever seen. Everyone's incredible. I mean, you've heard me rave about I this film, Magnolia Miss Money. Too, and yeah. uh, I, I'm an, an ambassador for this film. It opened up Paul Thomas Anderson to me again. Uh, because same with There Will Be Blood. I wasn't a huge fan. Um, but after Magnolia, I kind of went back. Um, and Boogie Nights has now also become just one of my favorite films. It's like a masterpiece. Just the way it's shot, the performances, all the interweaving storylines. Punch Drunk Love, same thing. Such an understated, underrated movie with Adam Sandler giving a, you know, who that was at the height of his comedic career mm. when he was huge. And he did this quirky kind of comedy drama. It, I love it. Um, anyway, I absolutely love him. Inherent Vice, I hated. The Master was kind of weird, but very well acted. But on the strength of Boogie Nights and Magnolia alone... I, I had to put him on this list. And then I also, I, as I said, I love Punch Drug Love. Um, I guess to finish so I can let you explode and talk. Right. Um, <laughs> I, I'd say, um, I have to say Magnolia is my favorite one. Absolutely. But it's really Magnolia Boogie Nights. Those two are just incredible and an underrated hidden gem really is punch drunk love. In my opinion, it's such a quirky oddball film with incredible performances. That's my take. Darius, please. Tell okay. me your thoughts. So I'm going to tell you my favorite Paul Thomas Anderson film. Is it Hard Eight? Which is Magnolia. 
Okay, good. It's okay. great, right? Well, now the other shoe is going to drop because it's the only film of his I've seen. Oh, oh wow. You haven't seen so, his movies. So, and there's this list that I have of Oh, this isn't films. bad. You like left me in suspense. I thought it would be way worse. That's not bad. So here's the problem. There's with, so with, much to see out there. You can't have watched everything. But that's, the, that's not the problem. Here's <laughs> the problem with Paul Thomas Anderson, which is, and me watching his films. Okay. His films have been built up to such a fever pitch of masterpieces. Right, he's so acclaimed. There's no way I'm going to enjoy them until that dies down. So that it's, might be true. It's it, because I, like I read the script for Boogie Nights. I really enjoyed the script. I thought it was clever and funny and, you know, very, you know, taking a, a subject that, like he's trying to take a subject and kind of rub it in your face. Um, but Magnolia, I thought was an interesting film. Oh, I really so I, unique. Yeah, I like Tom Cruise was was great in it, but honestly, for me, William H Macy, oh, I mean, it was fantastic. God, I love that guy in anything. Yeah, so it was incredible. Um, and Boogie Nights, man, he is heartbreaking in Boogie Nights. You've got to watch that someone Which I will. It it is in my. I've heard. <laughs> you know, it's like if you look at my iTunes library, I have. So you've only seen Magnolia. I've only seen Magnolia, and it needs to come. Like those are films that I know that. Uh, I need to see when there is my kids aren't going to interrupt me. Like I watch very few movies um, because I just don't have the time. Oh, yeah. Like he I makes complex movies. So Thomas Anderson, I really want to watch there will be blood and phantom thread because Which just came out. I, I think seen that Daniel day Lewis is a of once course. in a generation. actor. Yeah, of course yeah, he's one of absolutely. a kind. So, so we can just move straight on. That'll be a quick one for us. Sure. Here's yeah. what I will say because I revere, PTA very, very much. He has such a skill and talent in bringing out the most incredible performances out of small supporting roles in films. Like Magnolia, think of it. Even um, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. You know, he's in the film kind of as a... He, he shouldn't be an incredibly major character, but he gives such amazing performances. Or John C. Riley, William um, H. Macy as well in, in Boogie Nights. There are so many like subtle performances. Um, and just the way he kind of deals with such complex themes, interweaving. I love it. Um, I mean, I would say you you have to see Boogie Nights. It's yeah. incredible. I think half of your audience is no longer taking me seriously since I No, no. I, just so yeah. you know, again, it's interesting. He's made like eight movies. Yeah. You know, he's not someone who just churns them out. Yeah. He takes his time. And he's also a relatively new filmmaker. He is. He so, started in the mid-90s. Yeah, so it's kind of, he's, and, and again, so... Look, I was dreading much worse. Oh, no. So I'm glad it's just that you haven't seen it. And at least you've seen my my favorite one. So yeah. it's okay. And you're my guest, Darius, and you're a good guy. So, so you won't punch me in the face. <laughs> I would never do that anyway. Okay, your turn, my friend. Okay, so number seven on my list is Ridley Scott. Okay, he's definitely on my list. I'm actually surprised he's not. Okay, yeah, he's number 11 on my list. So I saw Blade Runner. Phenomenal. Actually, before I saw Alien. And um, I, Blade Runner is this, it's now a classic. But yeah. when it came out, like... It was a bomb. It was a bomb. I loved it as a kid, just so you know. Me too. Yeah, so did I. I, I just loved it as a kid. But it was a bomb. scene where she's running in the see-through raincoat. Oh, yeah. And he shoots her and she smashes through the glass. Right. I mean, I was... You and know, then the what, tears in the rain speech, Roy Batty, which he ad-libbed. Rodger Howard, the actor, just 
Did off it. the cuff, wrote it on a napkin. Said, can I say this line? Ridley Scott was like, sure, yeah, put it in. Yeah, and, no. but that's <laughs> I've seen things you people would never believe. Yeah, go. You know, <laughs> films are happy accidents. You know, yeah. masterpieces are happy accidents. You know, uh, um, so, um, but I would say that uh, the other thing, here's what you know when you go see a Ridley Scott film. You are watching a crafted film. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. This is an artisan that the symmetry of the design work. He he was a, a designer and painter first, and then he was a commercials director. He had he done thousands hundreds of commercials. And hundreds of commercials, that's right. So here's, he didn't start directing until he was in his 40s. It's crazy. Like as a, as a film director. Mm. But he had already mastered, not, not mastered, he had, he had a substantial understanding of the craft at that point in, in short form. But he had mastered visual aesthetics, like right. the power of the visual as an aesthetic. So no matter what, when you watch a Ridley Scott film, you are watching a crafted film. Yeah, and it, it, in every frame, you can see it. The, the design of the movements, the, how the camera's going this way and then that way, where the actors are going. Yeah. This is a guy who knows how to keep an audience enthralled. Yeah. And now, here's what's really interesting about Ridley Scott. Alien classic blade runner thelma and louise really good black hawk down gladiator the martian and legend which is kind of cheesy but i love it (laughs) his body of work is a lot bigger than that and he's actually had almost more misses than hits well it's funny when you look at box office misses sure sure well also i don't know i mean have you seen the counselor (laughs) oh my god it's terrible but here's the thing don't get me wrong he is still absolutely one of the best directors ever i mean just from the ones i stated i mean alien blade runner black hawk down gladiator are some of my favorite films of all time yes so i mean i would say blade runner without a doubt is my favorite pick of his it's one of my all-time favorites um i would actually say black hawk down is underrated or a bit of a hidden gem um also the cast in that film is phenomenal it's just a plethora of a who's who of like up and coming stars it's incredible if you go back and watch black hawk down now Um, which is funny because josh hartnett was the main Mm -hmm. guy but it's got like ewan mcgregor and orlando bloom and eric banner and you know the guy from uh, game of thrones um what would your pick be on a ridley scott of best and underrated um so best i would have to say is uh See, it's kind of hard to give to Blade Runner because, yes, it is such a great film. Um, I, I'll go with Blade Runner. It's, <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm not on. gonna. I'm not gonna try. And I would say most underrated or hidden gem. I would say Body of Lies. I thought that was a phenomenal film. I really film. liked that movie. Yeah, see, I didn't like it. That's no, Leo and Russell Crowe, right? Oh, yeah. I liked it. But that's okay. That's yeah. okay. We all have a different, uh, you know, ideas of it, and that's why I'm saying there's quite a few films of his I've seen that I didn't like. Um, but still, uh, he's incredible. I agree with you yeah. 100%. Okay, so I'm going to move on. Unless, do you have anything else you're bursting nope. to say on Ridley Scott? Nope. Uh, he, you're right. He's singular. You, he's absolutely, he crafts phenomenal movies and he's made some of the greatest films. Yeah. Okay, my next one is Peter Jackson. Uh, another very interesting director who hasn't had a huge body of work. Um, 
But come on, he directed the Lord of the Rings trilogy, which Darius, just so you know, those are my favorite films of all time. Okay. Uh, to me, and they're mine. masterpieces. Um, but he also did, before that, he did Heavenly Creatures, which was Kate Winslet's mm-hmm. first big film. It's a very, have you ever seen that film? I haven't. It's a great movie. That would be my hidden gem. And then, actually, no, I don't know if that would be my hidden gem. And then, of course, Lord of the Rings would be my pick of best film. He directed a film called The Frighteners. That would be my hidden mm. gem with Michael J. Fox just before he really fell to his illness. Um, and by the way, that hasn't stopped him. He's so phenomenal, Michael J. Fox. But it's a really weird, spooky ghost comedy movie. Have you seen that? You know, I feel like I have. <sighs> I, I feel like for sure I read the script. There was a it's time a when I was, a, I was sure. a script reader. So I was reading hundreds and hundreds oh, wow. and hundreds That's of movie scripts. That's such a job. <laughs> yeah, it's like... You know, you get to a point. I would have loved that. You just love it. It's, yeah. You know. Anyway, so, okay, good. Yeah, so Lord of the Rings, Heavenly Creatures, The Hobbit series, which is actually really good. It's just, obviously, it could never go against the, the shadow looming from Lord yeah. of the Rings. Yeah, if the um, Lord of the Rings hadn't been there, it probably yeah. would have been yeah. considered pretty good. His remake of King Kong, which after the success of Lord of the Rings, they just let him do whatever the fuck he wanted. It's like a four-hour-long movie. Do you I like that? love that movie. Me too. Thank I, you. I, like, I love it. Is that I, the one with Charlize Theron? Which one's that one? No, it's no. with Naomi Watts. Naomi, Naomi Watts. Sorry, yeah, Adrian Brody, them, yeah, Jack yeah. Black. Um, it's it. like almost four hours long, but it's stunning. It's fantastic. Oh, and Andy Serkis is King Kong. cried so hard oh, yeah. on King Kong. Like, and that's, that's why I won't watch that's, it. That's, that's the thing. That, and you have well, to realize... You know what happens exactly. to King Kong. <laughs> King Kong was... Like when I was looking at it, that's one of the most influential films of, of my the life. The original one. The, the original, the 1960. Seven? It got remade yeah, three times. So the Faye 76 Dunaway, one yeah. with, uh, I want to say Jeff Bridges. But Jeff Bridges and yeah, Faye okay. Dunaway. Yeah, so, helicopters instead of those uh, planes. Right. Yeah. So that was massively influential yeah. on me along with, you know, a bunch of films I was seeing at that time. Sinbad, this, that, like the monster films really is really how I kind of came into cinema. And um, I thought, I thought the King Kong remake by Peter Jackson was a phenomenal film. And it was incredibly reviewed when it came out. It just wasn't a sensational box office hit. I think it was a better film craft-wise than, uh, and don't hate me for saying this, uh, than Lord of the Rings. Okay, we're done. Get out. Yeah. No, yeah. Okay. Get out. No, no, like, I, I respect I, everyone's I, I opinion. Don't, That's like, why it's an again, opinion. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm stating craft-wise. Yeah. Okay. If you look at the technical expertise of King Kong, yeah. just in terms of the flawless, and realize he had unlimited budget at this point. Right. Mm-hmm. So he yeah, had for sure. every at this point, they were like, do whatever you want. <laughs> but when you have unlimited budget, that doesn't mean you're going to make a better movie. He just won 11 Oscars or 12 Oscars on Return of the King. Yeah. He could have made a complete ass of himself on that film with all the money in the world. Yeah. Sure. But if you look, like again, filmmakers, I think the best filmmakers evolve. Right. You mm-hmm. know, the Spielberg that made War of the Worlds was 10 times more confident than the Spielberg that made Jaws. Right. right. And I love War of the Worlds. We talked yeah. about that. Yeah. Look, I, w- I wouldn't even dispute it because I actually love King Kong. Yeah. So yeah. if you had given me up to 30, Peter Jackson would be on my list. Okay, good. So he so, was like an honorable mention. Yeah. So this was as much as I could fit in to where I am <laughs> now in my life. It's okay. So, <laughs> so I take it you're not a huge a lover of the Lord of the Rings. I films. love it. I think it's one of the best trilogies of all time. Really? Wow. Okay, that's interesting. Well, see, they're my favorite movies of all time. If he had only made the Lord of the Rings, he would have made my list. Um, but that's okay. That's just me. Let's move on. See, he's on my full list. He just <laughs> wasn't in it's the first twenty-five. Dude, I it's, get it. It's, it's chronological tough. because 
again, we come down to a thing where you're where you rank is yeah. it's always a subject of but what no one can argue with me on is these are filmmakers who came along at a certain point in my life yeah, yeah. and made completely. me want to be a filmmaker whether yeah. you agree with that person being on my list or not is right. irrelevant yeah and he's only been around really for 20 years he did like crazy gory b movies before that yeah. <laughs> i actually tried watching some of them they're like they're batshit crazy yeah. and and i hope he you know it's like He's obviously a master storyteller. Absolutely. Yeah. So you know he's he's up there with the the Ridley Scotts and the Spielbergs of in course. terms and of spectacle. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he. Let's take a quick time out here just to mention a filmmaker that's not on my list. Go for it. Um, and he's one of the most hated filmmakers in filmmaker circles, and I really, it's a shame to me. Because I think I love how he builds up suspense, mm. and, and and that is, and it's Michael Bay. Oh okay. God! <laughs> so now, now hold on. See, you say, "Oh God." Yeah, exactly. And I'm I think in what I, I the think... guy can do action. Okay. Bad you... boys and the rock are great. Okay, so continue. <laughs> again, I'm not saying he's a master storyteller. Okay, there's a difference. Do you like him? I well, let me <laughs> let me <laughs> like is a strong word. Yeah. I think he can, like, the problem is, is when he has, story is his problem. Right. And that's why I don't consider him a master storyteller. Right. I think he can sell popcorn. Look, no yeah. one's disputing that he can here's, do explosions. Here's what I think he's, spectacular. yeah, but see, you throw that off so easily. And do everyone you know does. how hard yeah. it is to choreograph an action scene? Right. Exactly. And if you break down his action scenes, they're actually... Sometimes it's like on crack and it's just too no, much. That's spectacular. But, but but if you look at how he frames his shots and he gets a lot of his framing like with these low angles and this from like West Side Story and and mm. there's clearly films that inspired him. Right. It's so easy to shit on a filmmaker. He wasn't and on your list, right? He's not on my list. I love this. Okay, go. <laughs> he's not on my list. But he's a, a filmmaker that I think gets shit on unfairly. And and I, I, I okay and. I think his greatest weakness is story, but yeah, I think his. I think island. his. I think I love that movie. Don't uh, shit on that. Movie. I think his greatest strength is visual, and I think he is a phenomenal action visual director. Yes. I know, like just look at his shot composition. I, I'm like when you see like how I'm, he'll lay out. I can't shots, disagree with any of that. That's true. The problem is when you put too many of those together. It's like. Right. I think it was the second Transformers. I don't oh, like the first Transformers. It's great. I love so the shit fun. out of that. It was it. phenomenal. It was, everyone loves that movie. No, look, I love one. The Rock. I love Bad Boys, and I love the first Transformers. Okay. So the second one he oh, made in the middle of Armageddon. A yeah, it's popcorn. You know, you're right. Actually, I'm at. You're swaying me. It is weird that everyone just reviles him because. People think he's kind of just fake, and all, all he's about is the popcorn in the box office. But he does make stunning films that are just very like, entertaining. He, like he needs you compare him to Ridley Scott. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, it's, it's like when he made Transformers two, the the writer strike hit in the middle of that, and oh, that and, film was terrible. And right? that film makes no sense. Yeah. yeah. But I'm gonna like I'm gonna I'm gonna really upset you now. Oh, it's okay. I'm gonna say like for me, The Dark Knight Rises was also a similar mess. Like there are points in that where I'm just like, what? How? Day, there are, night, but there are day. issues with that. Film, so, and, so that's okay. And I you think, said that about the Dark Knight. I would cry. No, but, no, 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 no. Yeah. Not the Dark. I'm talking about the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. I think Nolan <laughs> checked out after Heath Ledger died right. on that series. I think contractually he had to make number three. I right. know that he wanted to do the third film with Heath Ledger, so I think he just 
that's not Nolan's best film. Okay, but this we're so off the rails right yeah. now. So go on. <laughs> uh, I don't even remember how we got here. Final defense Michael for Michael Bay. Bay. Michael Bay. So yeah, okay, but I don't even <laughs> know how we got there. <laughs> so um, I guess we're just talking about filmmakers, and I, I guess was, I stereotyped. You know, was it Peter Jackson we were talking yeah. about? Okay, yeah. so yeah, so Peter Jackson right. is another. Like again, he's a far better storyteller than Michael Bay. Absolutely. But in terms of actual shot composition and whatnot, mm. I would say they're on par. You know what I mean? Like. I think Peter Jackson is a better storyteller, but I think Michael Bay is a, is, is a great visual composer. Right. Darius, right. you made a, a really good point with a lot of passion and actually you made some valid points. So hopefully the listeners can uh, you know, pay attention and it might open up the world. Go check out some Michael Bay movies. But it's funny, as I said, I could rattle off four Michael Bay films. That you really like. I genuinely yeah. really enjoy. Did so it. it's a good point. Yeah. So, All right, that's rock and roll. Okay, so my turn. We already covered James Cameron, who's number yes, eight sir. on my list. Um, number nine, Tim Burton. Okay, he's not on my list. Okay, so, um, and I understand that, but... I don't dislike Tim Burton. I'm just not a huge fan of his style. I love Beetlejuice. I like Edward Scissorhands. When Batman came out, I loved it. Yeah. Um, but I don't run to go see his films. The quirky stuff isn't always for me. Oh, I and Big Fish. I, okay, so Big Fish is one of my favorite films of all time. Yeah, I, it's fantastic. It's... Jeez, I mean, I, I when I was when I read the script before the film was even made, I cried reading the script. Yeah, so I'm like, so this, beautiful. this, I'm like, oh my god! You seriously, that was your job reading scripts for yeah. like new Hollywood big films. Fuck you, man. We'll get into that later. <laughs> Different episode. So, um, uh, so Tim Burton, uh, Beetlejuice was wow. Yeah. And yeah. then here's the thing: when you see a Tim Burton film. You know you're seeing a Tim Burton film. Yeah, you don't sure. think you're watching a Ridley Scott film. No. You don't think you're watching a J.J. Abrams film. This is a guy who has a very specific vision, and it burns people out. They're like, oh, another Tim Burton film. But like, for example, if you see the first Alice in Wonderland, okay, that grossed over a billion dollars. Yeah, I actually liked the first yeah, one. I mean, okay, but that's because this is a whole new generation of kids. And this is a filmmaker who has managed to go from one generation. Yeah. And actually transpose himself onto a new generation. Sure. And his style, has it's, it's still the same. It's still He has a very unique style, without a doubt. So I, It's over-tried to me. So he, re, like, he reinvented the superhero genre. Like Big Fish, to me, is the most non-Tim Burton movie ever. And I love it. It's my favorite film of his. It's oh, just see, an I, interesting I, thing for me. I think that's the most Tim Burton movie Really? Ever. See, when I compare it, like... It, it's so not like other ones and just being like weird and quirky for the sake of being weird, weird and quirky. Well, well, but I think... But it's very emotional. Yeah. It's got a real story. Here's what Tim Burton specializes in and, and his strongest films center around outcasts. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so if you were a kid growing up and you were the nerd who would get the crap beat out of him every day after school, which I was, you know, so when I saw Edward Scissorhands, I was like, that was me. Like... I was the one running home in terror because I had three kids chasing me to beat the shit out of me every goddamn day. Jesus, who are these kids? <sighs> Anyways. I might have been one of them. <laughs> no, no, no. I had a gang. This, this, was, in East, this, was, this was East LA. This wasn't, this wasn't East Grinstead. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, not that rough there, really. So t- favorite Tim Burton film, Big Fish. Uh, yeah. uh, which, by the way, just you know, I love. Again, yeah. I had you watching yeah, this one. Yeah. I absolutely love that. So I love that you love that. Yeah. Underrated? Um... I, I would I, well, I would say hidden gem for this generation, yeah. Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's fantastic. And, and it's 
see, directors who create fantastical films with good production value, they're lucky because their films will actually stand the test of time. Yeah, exactly. Because they have good, like this is at the point where production value was coming up to the point like, I love the crap out of Dark Crystal, right. but oh, you better right. be five. Yeah. You better be five to eight years old when you watch that film. Because yeah, exactly. a teenager seeing that these days, be like, yeah. what is yeah, this totally. nonsense? Never-ending story, nonsense. Yeah. But, I don't know. I don't. I can't get my wife to watch it. She's yeah. like this puppets. It's but dumb. that's because yeah. I love it movie so much. Movie are spoiled. Yeah. Totally. So the movies that you love, I mean, like Princess Bride. Don't get me started. Oh, come uh, on. You don't yeah, like don't that? Get, it's no, one of my favorite films okay, of all time. Us too. Of course. All right, we're gonna move. Princess Bride. Inconceivable. Inconceivable. Okay. All right, we're going to move on. <laughs> yep. Um, I can't believe we're only talking about this director now, Martin Scorsese. Okay. Um, so, I mean, this is a guy who has just put his footprint on cinema. You know what I mean? Um, mean Streets, Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, Goodfellas, The Departed, Casino, Gangs of New York, The Aviator, Wolf of Wall Street and Silence. Those are all films that he's done that I genuinely love. And many of those I consider masterpieces. Like Goodfellas is one of my all-time favorite films of all time. Um, Taxi Driver is such a rough movie. But man, I remember watching that film when I was a teenager and it had such an impact on me. You know, you're talking to me. You're talking to me. Um, I mean, obviously De Niro became his protege and now Leonardo DiCaprio is his protege. Um, he's on your list. He right? is on my list. He's now see, um, Scorsese is someone who I discovered much later in life. Really? Yeah. So I, I was a um, teenage, teenage. Okay. Age. So I saw the color of money, which is the first film of his That's that I Spielberg. saw. No. Oh, the color of money. I thought not it was the color, color purple. purple. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Color, color of money, money with Tom Cruise I'm and Paul huge Newman. I'm a fan of that film. Yeah. And it was okay. You know yeah. what I mean? It was like, I didn't, it was like, okay. So, yeah. and then, uh, but then I saw Cape Fear. Mm. Oh, Juliet Good Lewis, Nick Nolte, and De Niro. Terrified me. Oh, yeah. Okay, so then I saw Gangs of New York. Yeah. And I was like, and, and it was like a little bit, like that was Daniel Day-Lewis. And I, yeah. it, it, you know. I think the opening and the end is incredible, but like the hour in the middle is not so good. That film works because of Daniel Day-Lewis's Bill the Butcher. I mean, ugh. Yeah, it's, it's, so it's, it's an interesting study in craft. So, so then when I saw The Departed, that's when I got on the Scorsese. Yeah. Have you seen Infernal Affairs? The foreign film okay. that it's based on. No, I haven't. Okay. But I do know it's based on it. It's, that's it's... why I don't revere The Departed as much as others. And that's why I didn't watch Infernal Affairs first. It is really good, by the way, The Departed. Yeah. It's yeah. fantastic. It's but amazing. it frustrates me that he won the Oscar for that and he didn't win for fucking Goodfellas. <laughs> and, and so there you go. And then uh, Shutter Island, which I thought was good. phenomenal. Hugo, I which really I thought was very enjoyable. Hugo, yeah, yeah. great family film. And then the King of Comedy, <laughs> The Wolf of Wall Street. That film is so good. So you a so lover or a hater of that movie? Because people love or hate that movie. Okay. I love it. I I am both crazy. Oh, okay. Okay, so I'm both. I love how good that film is. Mm -hmm. I hate that. That's like it's. I think it's a sickening film. Because, oh, it's sickening. Course, as here's hell. what's yeah. sickening totally. about it is I guarantee you that what was put in that film is not doesn't even scratch the surface of, of what the it obscenity. was really going on so you know yeah. they already said that they said it, it, it what happened was uh because it's what jordan belfont yeah was unbelievable the stuff in the film leo and scorsese said it doesn't even have they couldn't put they, they wanted to give it like an nc-17 rating yeah so it's it, lust greed power yeah, it's fantastic and that's what's disgusting about that, that would be like because goodfellows would obviously be my best pick 
I would say, I was going to say Silence because it's such an interesting, uh, very religious film that Scorsese did a yes. year or so ago. Did you watch that? that that's on my okay, I, list. Okay, I actually really liked it with Adam Driver, Andrew Garfield, Liam Neeson. But actually, I'd have to pick as the underrated Wolf of Wall Street just because it's so incredibly done and the performances are out of this world. Yeah, so good. Fortunately, we can't spend a long time on each one, but no, did you want to okay. say anything else specifically about Scorsese? No, like, again, this is a filmmaker I discovered more recently. And right. um, more recently being, you know, like 20, 20 years ago. <laughs> right. um, but it's it's interesting because I think your, your strongest influences come from your youth. Of and course. everything filters from that point forward. So it's yeah. like there's so many things that don't even make it in because of already your influences from your childhood yeah. and Scorsese was amazing enough that he made my list. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not saying, well, who am I? That, that's not my point. Right. My point was I already had so many influences that I went, yeah. this is a filmmaker that inspires me to, to craft stories in a particular fashion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a legend. He's been making films for 50 years. Okay, good. So, so that's the, the great Scorsese. That's uh, the next on my on. list. Ron Howard. Okay, number 10 see if yes. i have him um, so the first ron howard film i saw was night shift oh wow i remember that michael with keaton michael and keaton. henry winkler which wow, he he's on my honorable he didn't make my top list yeah so then wow. then he did splash he did cocoon I he did splash. gung-ho he did willow oh my love. god oh, okay yeah, we love okay so he did yeah, parenthood he did backdraft uh so good. ransom uh, Apollo Part, 13. Far and Away, Apollo 13, A Beautiful Mind, and Rush. So those are right. like the standout films for Rush me. Rush is great. Yeah. All so, his films. I love all his films. Well, and then he did the whole Angels and Demons and yeah, but, all that stuff. Okay. You know what? It's like... I didn't okay, hate that, those that, movies at all. You, Ron Howard is great, told. and now he's doing solo Star Wars movies. Yeah. yeah, so he took that over from yeah, Chris Miller and, and Phil uh, Lord. Phil Lord, yeah. So, and, you know, it will eventually come out as a Ron Howard film. You know, you will know he will have rewritten the DNA of that film to be a Ron Howard film. So what's your favorite for Ron Howard? I mean, he's um, a great filmmaker, without a doubt. I mean, isn't that crazy? He came from Happy Days you know, <laughs> to one of the most acclaimed yeah, film directors. Yeah, so I would say my favorite Ron Howard film is Backdraft. Oh God, I love that movie. It's been a long time. So it just, I remember how yeah. power, how it was a phenomenal when I saw it. It again was one it's of these moments. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's one of these moments Russell. when you, and, and Kurt Russell is arguably my favorite actor of all. No, he's fantastic. He's, he's amazing. Yeah. I just rewatched Vanilla Sky and that's Kurt Russell, right? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, and I, I remembered how much I love him. I seriously love Kurt Russell so much. I can't even start. I mean, like, <laughs> From the Thing, which was the first movie I saw, right. and yes, it, like so I'm good. not even talking like the early Disney movies. I didn't even see. I saw him in the Thing. That was my first Kurt yeah, Russell movie. And then, but then all the John Carpenter right. films. Yeah, we're not on Kurt okay, Russell. Here we go. <laughs> Moving on. I could go on a roll. Good. On Kurt Your Russell. turn. Hit it. Oh, well, hold on. We're not done on Ron Howard. So hold on. Um, your favorite you said was Is Backdraft. Backdraft. And what would be your like underrated oh, hidden, hidden gem? gem? Boy, man, he has so many of those. I, I would but say I would, I would say Night Shift. Okay, I saw that a long time ago, and that film was quite raunchy from what I remember. Don't they open a prostitution ring they, in like basically, a morgue or something? Yes, that is correct. So they're, I know this, and I was a kid when I saw this. They're undertakers. And I'm not, we're taking okay. up too much time. But that sounds I, good. No, it's okay. I would say best is um, Apollo 13, probably because that one stands the test of time to me. Like, I used to Agreed. love A Beautiful Amazing. Mind. And when I went back and saw it recently, it's still good, but it didn't hold up as well. Apollo 13 is fantastic. 
Rush is very underrated. Chris Hemsworth is legitimately good. Yeah. And the the story, the way it's shot, it's very it's exciting. Movie, yeah. I think it's really underrated in the hidden gem. So yeah. that's what I have for Ron Howard. Yeah, we'll move on, okay? Yep. All right, good. Danny Boyle. Okay, I have to represent Britain, of course. obviously. I, think I love them. He's one of the most acclaimed yeah. British directors. You know, he did Shallow Grave with his first film with a, a very young Ewan McGregor, mm-hmm. uh, which is actually great. Uh, then he did uh, Spotting, which is a classic. Uh, 28 Days Later, a classic. One of my favorite horror movies. So good. Sunshine, so underrated. 127 Hours, phenomenal true story. Um, the Beach. Slumdog Millionaire, which was his big Oscar movie. Millions, a great family movie. Uh, my favorite film, I'd have to say, is Train Spotting. Yeah. Um, Hidden Gem, I'd probably say between Sunshine and The Beach. Because I think The Beach is very underrated with Leonardo DiCaprio. It's based on an Alex Garland book. I love it. And Sunshine is a great science fiction movie with it beautiful music score that most people haven't seen with Killian Murphy. So uh, anyway, yeah, I love Danny Boyle. And again, it's interesting. He hasn't made a lot of movies. You know, it's, oh, he did that film. He did Steve Jobs. Oh, he did do Jobs. Mm. I wasn't a big fan. What's that film he did with Cameron Diaz and Ewan McGregor? A Life Less Ordinary. I I love A Life Less Ordinary. He's very British as a director. What's your take on Danny Boyle? So he's uh, number 26 on your list. Oh, shit. He just missed. Because he's he's recent. So again, we're going through my nostalgia, but my my influential director. So my like your best pick then? My favorite movie of his, and I think, honestly, I love all his movies. All of his movies I've seen, I've loved. So my favorite movie of his is actually Sunshine. So you love that movie. I think that is Chris Evans' Dennis, that's best why we're performance friends, man. ever. Oh, yeah. Chris Evans in that film is that's flawless. Right. Chris Evans so is great in that movie. That's how you sacrifice a hero. Yeah. That is I haven't seen it. You haven't seen Sunshine? Okay. Oh, it's a good movie. We won't say any more. Yeah. I love you, man. I just love you, man. I just God, that film. That film is great. And isn't that music score incredible? Incredible. I, I really wish it has it a didn't very have powerful the, the rights issue that it ran yeah. into and, and all that. Okay, we'll we'll move on. But I, I'm glad that you love Danny Boyle Slumdog too. Millionaire. It's a great movie. I love that. It's a movie. great movie. That movie came out of nowhere. Um, okay, good. Uh, your turn. Okay, so okay, so next on my list is Terry Gillum. Wow, I almost put him on my list. So you know who Terry Gillum is? No, he's one of Monty Python. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's the See, only which, uh, member American. of the Monty Python who's American. The so, rest are all British. Oh, okay. Time Bandits, Baron Munchausen, The Fisher King, Twelve Monkeys, The Brothers Grimm. Okay. Only so 12, Twelve Monkeys. Monkeys is a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely love The Fisher King as well with Robin Williams and Jeff Bridges. Very heavy. And you didn't say it. He directed Monty Python's Holy Grail and The Life of Brian. I don't. Uh, are you yeah, sure he did, he did Holy he did. Grail? He co-directed. Yeah. It. He, he, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. He hit um, the mic. Uh, He's about to punch me. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, so also, like, he directed a part of Meaning of Life and, and all that. Right. But as a singular director, that's, you know, but whatever. So, um, again, I saw Time Bandits. That was the first film of his Time that Bandits. I saw. It's and great. I was just transported into this other world, giant house that stabs it with the big needle. It's just people who, like, run around and jump all over the different times and dimensions. It's there crazy. aren't enough movies like that yeah. being made these days. I haven't seen Time Bandits in so long. Sean Connery's in that. Yes. Yeah. He, yeah. It was ancient Persia or yeah. Greece or with the Minotaur. That's right. God, so. It's been a long time. 
Okay, your turn. And Twelve monkeys is fantastic. Well, favorite? Well, yeah. What would be your favorite? What would be your um, hidden gem? I would say my favorite is Fisher King. Okay. And I think the the hidden gem is Baron Munchausen. God. I, okay, that is a film I because that film's really long and quite infamous. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw it when I was young and I couldn't stand it. I do have to revisit it, and it's interesting. A few weeks ago, I almost started watching it, and I didn't. Um, so you have to realize. I, one thing that I love in cinema is production design. Right. And really when you when you see production design in a film, uh, that's masterfully done. And the texture of Baron Munchausen was incredible. This transition over a sea of stars into the desert sand was, it took my breath away. Okay. And, and I was really young, so I have to check it out again. So it just like, you know, there's certain things that, that stick out sometimes that that launch in your memory like i can easily tell you my favorite stanley kubrick moment of all time right which and he's not on my list he's not on your list not on the top well then tell me the moment is the bone transition to the spaceship i think it's the best edit in the history of cinema Hmm. okay it instantly tells the 2001 a space odyssey yes it, it you it instantly transports the audience over tens of thousands of years yeah it's incredible it's as I've said, that film is visually stunning. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we're all over the place. I love it. So um, we're on, who are we on? I just did Terry Gill. Okay, good. So I, I will give my best and my um, hidden gem kind of one. 12 Monkeys, I absolutely love that film. It, that film had such an impact on me when I saw it as a teenager. The twist just blew me away. Um, and then I, I think The Fisher King would be my underrated hidden gem because that film has such a incredible performances from Robin Jeff Williams Bridges. and Jeff Bridges. Mm. It, it's it's a, do you, have you ever seen The Fisher King? Uh, it's such a quirky, weird film. It's beautiful. Okay, good. We'll move on. It's my turn, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Wes Anderson. People usually either love or hate Wes Anderson. I'm in the love camp. He's so oddball and quirky. Are you familiar with his work? Yes. Okay, good. But he's a, a recent he's a recent discovery of mine and the first film of his I saw and I watched his films in the wrong sequence because I think I watched What's his first best film? film first, which was Grand Budapest okay. Hotel, yeah, which which is amazing. Was transcendent. Just, just so you know, and it's a great movie, but he's finally gotten all that acclaim with the Grand Budapest Hotel. And to me, he's been making incredible films on that level or better for over a decade. And by the way, I love Grand Budapest Hotel. I do. But look, so he did Bottle Rocket was his first film. Mm-hmm. He does a lot of films with the Wilson brothers, mm-hmm. Luke and Owen Wilson. Uh, they actually write a lot mm-hmm. of the films together. Um, but he did Rushmore. Um with Jason Schwartzman and Bill Murray, which is still one of my favorite movies. I absolutely love this film. It's so oddball and quirky. And that's the film that really set the signature for his movies. Then he did The Royal Tenenbaums, which again, that film is incredible. It's just a masterpiece to me. Um, Then he did The Darjeeling Limited, which is actually, I think, one of his weakest films. The Fantastic Mr. Fox, I'm not a big fan of. Um, The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Which was a great film. That's my favorite Wes Anderson film. I uh, That film touches me to the core. It's such an odd, almost jarring mix of comedy and like heavy drama. To me, that was a very Truffaut film. What do you mean by Truffaut? Like, have you seen uh, Day for Night? No. What is it? Truffaut, no? The, the French film director? 
Am I Trif- pronouncing? No, I know you probably are. It's just I sorry. I don't He's know like one of maybe. the most famous French film directors of all time. Damn, you put me on the spot here, but that's okay. <laughs> I don't know who it is. The Truffaut tapes where he interviewed Alfred Hitchcock. No, dude. Okay, you have like a blind spot and in Tony film the history. movie guy. <laughs> well, you know, I'm British. Francois He's Truffaut. French. Francois Truffaut. So if you know. if you look at Day for Night, which is one of Truffaut's, uh, you know, I believe it was one of his most acclaimed films. I really feel that Wes Anderson um, took a lot of inspiration from that film. Okay. So just do yourself a favor, watch Day for Night, um, and then rewatch The Life Aquatic with Steve Zizel. Okay, I'll definitely check it out. Um, so he's another one who you're right, who probably maybe was heavily inspired by others other directors before him and that might be true to me but he's he's very signature filmmaker well to me he was very a very singular vision i had never really seen anything like that before i agree um so i i feel like of all his films mm-hmm. uh, the grand budapest was the most refined it's a and, great film. and i feel like he's really hit his stride with that film i just saw isle of dogs uh, and I, I hadn't seen, seen it okay, yet. And I like hadn't it? seen Fantastic Mr. I watched Fantastic Mr. Fox with my kids uh, two days ago. Okay. The day after we saw Isle of Dogs. Interesting. And for me, Fantastic Mr. Fox blows away Isle of Dogs. Really? Yes. Mm. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, see, I was not a fan of Fantastic Mr. Fox, but that's okay. I loved it. Okay, great. I, I, you know, I rewatched it last year. I didn't like it just because I have such a love of Wes Anderson. But, um, I mean, my favorite is Rushmore. I love that film, and my hidden gem is absolutely Life Aquatic with Steve Zizal because a lot of people don't know that movie, and I love it. I, I think it's fantastic. Do you want to choose, or you don't have to, because it was my uh, favorite, Well, Grand Budapest, that, you that, love my, that. I love that Which film. is fantastic. Ralph Fiennes is amazing in that film. And I think maybe that will change as, as I finish watching all of his films, but I liked it far more than Moonrise Kingdom. As an example, yeah, Moonlight's yeah. Kingdom. God, I loved that. But okay. so, but <laughs> so you weren't a big fan. I I liked it, I but the problem it. is, like, when you see what you consider, like, um, like it's interesting. Like, if I saw Inglorious Bastard as Quentin Tarantino's first film, and then I right. went back and watched Pulp Fiction, I go, wow, right. a lot of rough okay, edges that's on interesting. Pulp Fiction. So on. Moonrise Kingdom is a much more contained story, but is, yeah. look, when you watch a Wes Anderson film, you know you're watching a Wes Anderson film. Right. Yeah. He definitely For has sure. that signature. I agree. Yeah. So to me, he's like in the category of Tim Burton. Okay. No, fair enough. You know what I mean? I just love him way more personally. And that's okay. <laughs> okay, good. What do you got, my buddy? Okay, next on my list is David Lynch. Okay, do I have mm. him? I think Lynch made my, my honorable mentions okay and, and i don't put him on the list because like every critic has them on his list he's I, phenomenal okay so i my favorite film of his is arguably one of the most hated films of all time which is dune oh dude okay yeah, and i again, loved that as a kid and again um well, and i've that has a huge fan base that and, movie and i've re-seen it recently and boy the special effects really don't measure up but i remember yeah. seeing that as a kid and the costumes and, <laughs> but like if you look at what he did with that film which he's he made it british and aristocratic and right. you know i am one of the only people i know amongst my circle of friends that actually read all the dune books right. and and that was a transcendental experience right. for me and even with the liberties that he took i I viewed them as two completely separate things. And I just love the production design of that film. And I think he gets shit on so much for that. And mm. it's it's such a shame because I think it was a visionary film. 
when I was a kid, I loved Dune. And yeah. I always remember Sting being, and it's so funny, especially being a Brit. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I will kill say. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what's so funny about that is he takes him out so easily. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I tried to watch it last year and oh my God, it was painful. You know, I'm sorry. I don't want to offend it's, you. It's, um, you don't offend me at all. Yeah. It's okay. Lynch is incredible. I mean, he did that film, what is it? A Razorhead as well, which I just didn't understand at all. But he did uh, Blue, Velvet, Blue Velvet, which is a masterpiece. That's a messed up movie, but it's incredible. I have not done enough drugs to make a movie like that. But it's incredible. <laughs> it's yeah, unbelievable. And I don't, even, I don't know that he's done drugs. I, I I'm, I'm joking, Blue but it's Velvet. his characters are so distorted. Right. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mulholland Again, Drive. Mulholland that Drive. That film is so weird, but it's brilliantly done. So you know you're seeing a David Lynch film. And then, of course, Twin Peaks, the TV series, which yeah. is incredible. Yeah. Cool. Okay, good. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, it'd be hard to do an underrated one. From Lost Highway, I think. Lost is, Highway he did as well. That I was think trippy. Is, I think is underrated. Blue mm. Velvet. Okay, good. And Blue Velvet, I think, is phenomenal. That is a masterpiece of a film. Yeah. Okay, good. Let's move on. I have another David, David Fincher. Okay. He okay. He is on my on list. list right? He is number 20. Okay, good. So he made you a 25. Um, he's incredible. And again, he doesn't have a huge body of work, but Fight Club. Gone Girl, Seven, The Social Network, Alone. Panic amazing. Room, Zodiac, yeah. right. World so, of Dragon Tech 2. Which the, are good films. The yeah. Game was actually the first Fincher film. That I, I love saw. that the movie. With Michael is, Douglas and Sean That's Penn. a great it's film. It's a great yeah. film. I've watched that numerous times and I like it a so lot. So the truth is he hasn't made a bad movie because all of his films are good. These films I listed I think he, are all He has made a bad movie. Well oh, which done. one? Uh, and it was the, the only movie he got forced to make and and... It's God, alien, suspense. He's so, alien oh, alien three. three. Mm. And, oh, he has made so many statements about that and, movie and, and how much you, he regretted it. Yeah, but you know, it's sort of like he did the best he could with what he had. Alien and three wasn't bad when it came out. Doesn't I, hold up now. Okay, but. so I'm going to tell you why it was bad. Okay. Okay. Because he killed Ripley. No. Well, yeah, but he killed. Newt and Hicks. That's right. You can't take characters that again. This it's okay for heroes to die. That's right. It's how you kill them. And he didn't kill them because they got frozen, right? And then they just just, disintegrated. They were dead, and this in the spaceship. And and how that happened is because Michael Bean was huge at the time. The studio didn't want to pay him the money to be in the movie, so it's those weren't Fincher's choices. So Uh, and also the CG alien. Was that his first movie? Yes. Was it was Alien Three? Yeah, yeah, it, I think it, it no, was. I, I don't know if the game came first or Alien no, no, Three came it, first. Game, uh, game came afterwards because he was already somewhat established. I remember. Yeah, so that really, he said he when he was such a tremendously successful music video and commercial, similar to Ridley Scott. Yeah, music videos mm-hmm. and commercials was his, like he had one of the biggest ad agencies like uh, in the world at that point. They were doing yeah. like seventy million dollars a year. It's crazy, something crazy like that. And then finally, when he could go back and do it on his own terms, then you got to see what Fincher could do. Right. Yeah. Fincher unleashed. And and I think probably um, uh, uh, Fight Club, which he made with Art Linson, who also produced uh, The Untouchables. Right. Which is one of my favorite films of all time. Fantastic. And, you know, that film was reviled when it, it was released. It bombed completely. And now it's one of the most re- highly regarded films of all time. It becomes a cult classic. And it is. 
I mean, yeah, I mean, Fight Club, Seven, and The Social Network are in, like, probably my top 50. Gone Girl is so well-crafted. That film actually spooks me out. I love that movie. Um, when I saw I, that in the theater, I, I, want, I went back and watched yeah, it again. Yeah, he's incredible. I would say um, Fight Club is definitely my favorite of his. Mm. I would probably say, uh, if I would do an underrated, it might be between, like, Panic Room because it's the way that film shot is it's actually really incredible, yeah. or maybe even the game. Yeah, people because don't the know game that movie. is so mind bending. Yeah. So mind bending. So my favorite uh, film of his is Seven, uh, because I just saw it last I, week. So dude, good. I think it's incredible. Because also Darius Kanji is one of my favorite cinematographers of all time. I mean, that guy is unbelievable. It's always raining. It's so bleak. Mm. It's just he's he really. I just saw Seven and I forgot the last line of that film, um, which Morgan Freeman says. And he says that Ernest Hemingway once said that the world is a fine place and it's worth fighting for. I agree with the second part. Mm. That's the last line of Seven because it's so bleak. That film is incredible. Okay, sorry. It's very fresh for me. Yeah, (laughs) and and realize that I read the original version of the script and no. the rewritten version wow. of the script. Show off. No, 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 no. The, Damn. You can download I'm them kidding, online, dude. But it's very impressive. I love it. I'm jealous. The 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 thing was is that Fincher got an earlier version of the script. He, the, the movie that you see was uh, an earlier draft of it. Because oh, wow. the studio basically said, well, we can't have you know the main heroine's head in a box. So the, the ending got rewritten. To be a better editor. But he got sent an earlier draft of the script, and that's why he took the film. It's fantastic. So interesting. All right, let's move on. So I think it's your turn. Yep, Tony Scott. Top Gun, Days of Thunder, Last Boy Scout, True Romance, Crimson Tide, Enemy of the State, Spy Game, Beat the Devil, which is a short film that he did for BMW. Which was... I am very happy that you put him on the list. Okay, good. Man on Fire, Domino, Deja Vu, The Taking of Hell, 1, 2, 3, Unstoppable. True Romance. I mean, and Top Gun, which is one of my favorite films. Uh, love- the Last Boy Scout. Yeah. He, um, you, the state, yeah. you knew you were watching a Tony Scott mm-hmm. film. Phenomenal. He, he was adrenaline cinema. He was fantastic. See, he, he's kind of like a Michael Bay to me, but he did it better. Yes. Mm. He did, because he could tell a story. Yes. That's a really good so point So he had a good made. mix on that, yeah. yeah. Um, what's your best? What's your... Uh, my favorite film of his, it has to be Man on Fire. That is a good movie. I, I do like that movie. I actually might even make that my hidden gem. Yeah. You know? I love because, Deja Vu, too. Because was, oh, yeah, did Deja Vu so was good. good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so, really rewatchable. I rewatched it recently. Yeah. And the hidden gem, I would say. I mean, I mean it's a toss-up. Like, true romance is... But that's, that's my kind of, favorite. It's kind of a Tarantino-Tony Scott film. So mm. it's kind of like... Um, but uh, Man on Fire, I would say, is... Because I lived in Mexico for, oh, wow. for eight years. So, mm. it you know, it was a formative film. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess for me it would be Top Gun, True Romance is the favorite. I mean, those are two of my favorite films of all time. Actually, The Last Boy Scout would be my underrated film. Uh, yeah, and mm, Total Ninja, Bruce Willis, oh, wow. Damon Wayans, Halle Berry. That film is pure adrenaline. Fantastic. Touch me again and I'll kill him off the highway. Oh, and, that's right. Come on, that's if I get out of this, if I get out of this alive, I'm going to dance the jig. Yeah, yep. yeah. And then he has that whole line, you know, if you touch me again, I'll kill you. Yeah, and then the so, guy slaps him and he punches him and kills him in one punch. Hey. So that's kind of like uh, 80s action cinema. You Shane know? Black wrote that. Yes, I know. Yeah. yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, it was okay, good. So uh, that's a great pick, Tony Scott. I didn't have him on the list. Uh, okay. That's fantastic. Uh, we'll move on. Okay, good. Robert Zemeckis. Now, when I put my list together, he's someone that I don't appreciate enough. 
Romancing the Stone, Back yeah. to the Future, Who Framed Roger Forrest Rabbit, Gump. Forrest Gump, Contact, wow. What Lies Beneath, yeah. Castaway. Castaway, Bay Beowulf, the stop motion. Uh, he's someone I just didn't regard. And then when I looked at his body of work, I was like, holy shit, he has to be on the... And yeah, Back to the Future. I yeah, mean, it's, it's one of our incredible. Like, favorite movies. So good. He's, he's on your list. He's coming up. He's like number 15. Okay. Because See, he's incredible. So I love Romancing the Stone. I love that movie. That is such a great That would film. be my hidden gem, probably. Yeah, yeah I agree. It'd or maybe Beowulf. Have you seen Beowulf? I did. I loved it. You, I guess you don't revere it as much as me. Again, it. I thought it was the, so impressive. Do you know what the Uncanny Valley is? No. Okay, so this is a visual effects term where it's as you approach the likeness of, of human. Uh, character and whatnot. The this weird thing it's occurred, so lifelike, but it's not life. Right, it's not. <laughs> so it's easier to take and like to to have these cartoonish. It's easier for an audience to believe it. And Beowulf, it, it it's sort of like Polar Express. You know, it's yeah. like mm. it's. Well, if you remember, all the campaigns were Angelina Jolie because she looked basically naked, mm. but it wasn't her, but it was. And yeah, so, I remember people were going nuts over that. Mm. So, okay, good. Yeah. I mean, Back to the Future, absolutely the best. And I would say Romancing the Stone. Hidden you've, gem. you've seen it, right? Romancing the Stone? Yeah. Oh, okay, great. like Kathleen 50 times. Turner, Michael Douglas, yeah. Danny DeVito. It was my mom's favorite movie. Great I film. love that. And then they yeah. did The Jewel of the Nile, which I liked which as well. Which I really liked. Yeah. yeah. What would be your great. best and your hidden? So my favorite uh, Zemeckis film is probably Contact. That's right. He it's did Contact. Jodie Foster and Matthew Such McConaughey. Such a great movie. So it is a good film. And again, you can see how he evolved through the spectacle of Back to the Future and again it's you know it's like there's a point where you become saturated on entertainment and you have to have intellectual like as you're progressing as a filmmaker and um that was more of an intellectual film than an entertain it, it was a good yeah. mix of both but well you know, it's impressive that we made a film about aliens that was so good and you never see the aliens yeah. once yeah <laughs> so, and i love that film that was based you know off it's a carl sagan book you know so but i it's yeah I would say that's my favorite. Okay. And a hidden gem one for him? It has to be Romancing the Stone. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. Pe people need to check that out, it's especially like the movie. new generation, because that film is so fun. It's yeah. a great movie. It's and a great I, adventure oh, story. Yeah. It's just awesome. It it's is. a great romance. It's, yeah. And, you know, that's what I think that Marvel is doing right, is they mm. have that fun. That's oh, and where do. I think DC is misstepping. They're, no. they're losing totally the fun. True. And Marvel gets it. It's yeah. the insouciance, the flippancy of it. And that's what Romancing the Stone yeah. was. It was just this yeah. insouciant flippancy. Zemeckis makes fun movies. Now, I almost didn't put him on the list. I remember now because recently his career has been a bit odd. He did The Walk with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I like that movie. Yeah, Man on Wire, the documentary is so much better though. He did that film Allied with uh, Marianne Cotillard oh, and Brad Pitt. I didn't like it all. But again, he gets a hall pass for yeah. life. That body of work is incredible. Yeah, and I haven't seen the films that you just mentioned, but I guarantee you that they're solid artfully crafted yeah. oh, absolutely. pieces of cinema. Yeah, well, I mean, 3D, the walk in, in IMAX is like, gives you vertigo, it's dizzying because he walks across on a plank, the, the World Trade Centers. Yeah. Okay, we'll move on. So it's your turn, right? Okay, David Cronenberg, number 14. Okay, same thing. He's definitely an honorable mention. Okay, so I saw The Dead Zone, uh, but then at the same time... That's when Christopher it, Walken, right? No, it so. was uh, Anthony Michael Hall. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, this is the, the original movie. This is Anthony Michael okay. Hall. I, I could be completely wrong. No, no, it's but fine. I'm not I remember, sure. first off, if like honorary mention on my list, Stephen King. 
because oh, well, oh, yeah. yeah yeah anyways Come on. um <laughs> so but then at the same time aliens was in the theater so was the fly it's incredible and i just saw it recently i saw that and i was just like the body it, horror it, is in, incredible it blew my mind yeah and i was like whoa and i didn't i i, I still haven't seen scanners which is like the classic Cronenberg Heads film. exploding. That film's yeah. great too. So, but then he's gone on to make A History of Violence, which okay. is a phenomenal I'm film. I'm so glad you said that. And I love that movie. One of my favorite films of all time, Eastern Promises. Oh my God, dude. That is, that is masterful cinema. Remember the scene in the spa where he's butt naked, Viggo Mortensen? He got an Oscar nomination. It's this viscerally violent, seven minute long intense fight with these two assassins trying to kill him and Viggo Mortensen has he's totally defenseless they've both got knives and guns and he's butt naked and it's one of the most visceral scenes you'll ever see I love that movie primal and I love history of violence that to me the fly absolutely is my favorite one it's so good and history of violence slash eastern promises but history of violence is more rewatchable for me I think is such a hidden gem, both with Viggo Mortensen. Yeah. Phenomenal movies. And I will say on, here's what Cronenberg made me rethink about uh, cinema. Mm-hmm. And this is why he he was both early in my life an influence and also a more recent influence. Because there's two ways you can treat violence in cinema. One is fantastically and one is brutally. Right. Mm. So... Cronenberg and the opening scene where he's cutting that he doesn't cut once, and you can watch an Arnold Schwarzenegger in movie Eastern where Promises. he in Eastern Promises yeah, where Arnold Schwarzenegger guns down a hundred people and it doesn't you don't feel it right you know like in a Marvel movie like yeah. people are blowing up in poofs of dust he doesn't cut and you're you can't escape it you can't you you're forced to confront the brutality of the violence i know and feel the exact scene you're talking about the way cronenberg does body horror and violence is so uncomfortably realistic yeah. like you have to see um i'm not sure about eastern promises miss money any because that's a really rough movie History of Violence is very violent. You've mentioned it to me several but times. But I know you all love that yeah. movie. You have it, right? Oh, and yeah. I mean, we flipped past it a few times and you've been it like... It is viscerally violent yeah. and it's also very acclaimed for a very rough sex scene that is actually integral to the story. Yeah. And it's mm. incredibly done. And it's not even that graphic, honestly. It's not at all, actually. It's just... It's just... I mean, I ran out to rent it to watch that scene. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm on a podcast. No, no, I didn't. But it's not. It's just it's, brutal. It's And very well done. Because it's yeah. rape. Yeah, basically. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's rape. Yeah. So It's a scene with his wife, by mm. the way. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. We're going to watch History of Violence. Good. I love that you uh, picked him and I love that you mentioned those films. Um, okay, good. Let's see. Okay, good. Finally, Alfred Hitchcock. So I got to represent my boy. And this is kind of the first real old school director. Um, here's why he had to go on my list. For whatever reason, I went on a Hitchcock binge in the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I've always liked Hitchcock. But oh, yeah. I watched Bur- The Birds. I watched North by Northwest, Vertigo, Psycho, and I watched Rear Window again. And, I mean, Psycho I love. It's a classic. Uh, he also did Notorious as well. I mean, he was one of those people who's... He started working in the 30s. You know, uh, Rope as well, but Rear Window. When's the last time you saw Rear Window, Darius? Probably around seven years ago. Okay, watch that movie again. Yeah. It, it, it's a masterpiece still. Yeah, it's I... incredible. Jimmy Stewart, Grace Kelly. 
I was floored by it. I was like, I, it's like when you watch a film, like, I don't know, like Singing in the Rain mm. or um, Lawrence of Arabia. And it, it's so mad. It's like lightning in a bottle. Yeah. Uh, the the camera work the the, the way it's done um it blew me away yeah so your boy's not in my top 25 no it's okay <laughs> because i didn't discover him till much later right okay. and okay. um and by the time i had seen him i had already seen so many films of people who he had influenced um and so uh rear window is an amazing film. It's incredible. But I, when I started watching Hitchcock, and this was about two years ago, um, I started from the beginning, his first film, silent film. And uh, I went from there. And um, by the time I hit Dial M for Murder, um, oh, yeah. it was very interesting because Hitchcock said that the last thing he did was dialogue. Um, like he always scripted the action. He said that, like he, he said, the dialogue is the least important, right? You know, and and I believe what he meant by that is, if you've figured out the scenes mm. and what's happening, yeah. the dialogue should come naturally. And that makes sense. It would. So, sort of. but Dial M for Murder was so dialogue heavy. I mean, oh, it yeah. basically takes place in an apartment, right? You know, like that's the vast majority of it takes place in an apartment, and it's very interesting how he structures it and how he does it. Um, but um, his later films, like North by Northwest, Vertigo, um, which I actually watched after watching Basic Instinct. And oh, wow. you really see how Verhoeven took, so, like, Absolutely. Verhoeven is a Hitchcockian filmmaker. Yeah, I see that, actually. So, um, because these films are so fresh. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard for me to do a hidden gem of Hitchcock because his body of work is just so Famous, vast yeah. and impressive. Um, but absolutely, I mean, Rear Window is a, it's just a film that's incredible. It floored me. Again, I'm almost speechless because it was it was a week ago. Um, but that's Hitchcock. I had to say Hitchcock. Um, so Psycho is my favorite film of his. Okay, great. Which is so good. it's phenomenal. Yeah, it is absolutely okay. Good. Let's move along. Hopefully, we're winding down. Yep. Uh, this is so much fun, though. Um, what do you got? Okay, so next on my list is uh, we already covered Zemeckis. He was 15. So next on my list is Michael Mann. Okay, okay good. I'm pretty sure he's on my list. Damn it. Nope. So Manhunter, Last of the Mohicans, The Insider, Heat, Collateral, Miami Vice, Black Hat. Okay, so Heat and The Last of the Mohicans are two of my best films of all time. I'm annoyed that somehow he's on my honorable mentions. Again, this was really tough to do. He's phenomenal. So I think when you're watching a Michael Mann film, you know you're watching mm -hmm. a Michael right. Mann film. And um, uh, my favorite film of his is, without a doubt, uh, Last of the Mohicans. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, it was one of these films that just knocked me out of my seat. Remember that sequence at the end? It's, the last seven-minute tracking shot? is crippling. Everything happens. I've told you about this. I've talked about this. Last I know, and I need to rewatch it. I watched yeah. it so long uh, ago. It's, it's yeah. a crippling scene. Stay alive! I will find you! Yeah, but the end and sequence then the, is incredible. And the soundtrack from Clanad, I think oh, it was. Incredible. Anywhere. You go. I don't know, but it's Maybe, amazing. No, I think sister's that's, company reps Clinton. I think that's Harry's game from the Harrison Ford movie. <laughs> um, whatever the first Tom Clancy one was that he did. Oh, Clear and Present Day and or Patriots game. Mm. Patriot anyway, games. Michael Mann is incredible, and unfortunately, recently he hasn't been. You know, he did Miami Vice and he did Black Hat, which bombed. Um, I saw Black Hat. Did you like it? I, I didn't understand a few didn't of his choices well yeah. i didn't understand a few of his choices i thought chris hemsworth did a great job okay yeah um, i agree with I, that. I, I thought it was a good film but it definitely wasn't like again 
I think in his effort to be experimental, he kind of mixed frame rates and did these other things, which just kept throwing me out of the film. Yeah. Right. So, and because it was a good story, you yeah. know, but it just, there were too many things that took me out of the film. So yeah. I couldn't enjoy it as an experience. Yeah. And Manhunter is great. You probably have no idea what we're talking oh about. That's where Hannibal Lecter originally comes from. He's, no, you did He's tell played me about by that. a completely yeah. different actor than uh -huh. Anthony Hopkins. And that was um, the first Man movie I yeah, saw. Yeah, it's, it it's actually a, a great movie. Heat has got to be my best, although I love The Lost Mohicans to Pieces. And I'd probably say Collateral is like kind of quote unquote a hidden gem underrated, Phenomenal although it's not. Movie. It I was really successful. Collateral. One of Cruz's best performances. It, so that's good. why I'm going to say it, because Jamie Foxx got all the acclaim at the time because he won for Ray. Tom Cruise just knocks mm. it out of the park in that film. Tom Cruise makes every actor he's with better. I he does. agree. It's because he, it's... Yeah, anyways. The whole film is fantastic. Okay, yeah. I agree. Um, okay, you might laugh at me. Is it my turn? It's your turn. Okay, you're going to laugh at me at this one, but I had to put this director on this list, even though I, I know it might sound like a joke, but I'm deadly serious, and it's Kevin Smith. Okay. I actually love Kevin Smith. He I created the whole View Askew universe. Uh, he created the characters Jay and Silent Bob. I will ask you this. Have you seen any Kevin Smith movies? I've seen a lot of them. Okay, good. I saw Chasing Amy, uh, Mallrats, uh, Clerks 1 and 2. Right. Dogma, Dog Zach and Mary. Dogma, I make love a, that Right. Film. Zach and Mary make a porno, Jersey Girl. so funny. Here's the thing. Uh, and then Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back. Amazing um, movie. Here's the thing about Kevin Smith. He has a very specific yeah. sensibility and, and sense of humor. He's very vulgar. He's very crass. Um, but underneath that, to me, is hidden very sincere and very honest films. And I really mean this. I'm going to make no, like I, a, a I plug. Because I don't think his films are just dumb, which a lot of people think they are. I think he makes great movies. Right. Now, oh, don't worry. I'm not even yeah. trying to say it to you. But just generally, like, he's not regarded as, like, one of the most acclaimed directors at all. A lot of people would scoff at, like... You have him with like Scorsese and Spielberg, sure. but he's one of my favorite directors. Now, recently, you know, he hasn't done the, the best stuff. He did Tusk, which was so weird. You know, he did Red State, which was kind of weird. He did that that really kind of cute film, Yoga Hoses, for his kids and um, you know his his daughters in it and mm -hmm. Johnny Depp's daughter, um, which was kind of dumb. But yeah, like Clerks is good. Clerks too, I love. Dogma, I love. Chasing Amy is fantastic. Mm. To me, that's probably his best film in terms of acting. It, the performances are really good. Um, under Underrated, like, hidden gem for me is Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back <laughs> because that film is so infinitely rewatchable to me. Yeah, so... I love it to pieces. Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, hidden gem, favorite film, Dogma. Okay, and I love Dogma. I don't think it holds up so well. Like more rats. Like I used to love Me Dogma too. and more rats. They're good, but I don't love them as much. By the way, Jersey Girl is quite underrated. That film got kind of tanked because it happened during the whole Benefer uh, scandal. Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez. Mm. You know, that the media just tore their relationship apart so much that they kill her character off at the beginning of the film. That is a really sweet film that Kevin Smith directed um, about fatherhood. Have you seen Jersey Girl? Don't You'd probably so. like it because it's about a single father raising a daughter. Um, it's got this beautiful, like weird cameo from Will Smith. Anyway, Kevin Smith, I think people should take him seriously. Even Zack and Miri make a porno, which is That's so crass movie. and rude. 
it's a really funny and cute it is film. Cute. It's yeah. a sweet film. Anyway, that's my plug for Kevin Smith. He's my boy. I love <laughs> I, him. I think he, he deserves to be on your list. Awesome. All right, what do you got? So next up on my list is Luke Basson. Okay, he isn't on my list. And I, I'll admit he's not even on my kind of... The Professional, uh, The Fifth Element, right. Angela, Lucy... Uh, Valerian. Right. So I feel bad because Leon is one of my all-time favorites, but I didn't put him anywhere because I was like, that's the only film I love. Okay, so um, I think Luc Besson is a fearless filmmaker. Absolutely. I, I think he, like, he made Fifth Element, which was like... I loved a it when it came out. You still love it, right? I still love it. I so, loved it when it came out. I don't so much anymore. So then um, I think Angela, which... I don't know what that is. It, it, you have to watch it. Okay. It's a black and white film he did a few years ago. It's, f from my opinion, it's a very Frank Capra-esque film. Okay. And if you've seen uh, It's a Wonderful Life, you'll know what I'm talking about. I haven't. Yeah. <laughs> We've discussed We've, this many times. It's so, a contention point. So... I think it has, uh, just like uh, AI had that scene with um, that I considered the most powerful Bringing scene the in the mother back. Yeah. Angela has a scene in it which, for me, is one of the most powerful cinematic scenes I've ever watched. Okay. In, in cinema, like for me as a as an audience and a person. What's and the scene? I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> You're going to watch the movie. It's, it's basically the the girl is with him and making him look at himself in the mirror. And that's all I'm going to tell you. Is this the film about this beautiful girl and this like dorky guy? Yes. And she's telling him how beautiful he is? Yes. I've seen this scene. I've seen that movie. Okay, wait. Hold on. What's the English title? It probably has a different English title. I think it's just uh, Angela. I know the movie you're talking about. So it, it it's... That scene is awesome. It, so again, he made a black and white movie. You know, and this was clearly just something he had this film in That's him. Luke he Bassan, had to huh? tell this story. And he just did Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets, which to me, the only misstep of that film was the leads. The casting. That's what he said. Just so you know, that's what I said. Did you enjoy it otherwise? I, I was surprised. I, just watched I thought it was a visually, visual, stunning, gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. And actually, I liked the story. Yeah. I was interested. Me too. I agree. The leads were, were misfire. It was a misfire. Yeah. So, yeah. and. Wow, uh, you just brought... I saw that film, Anjali, on like late night TV randomly when I was traveling. Now it's all coming back to me. It was a film that I had no idea it was Lupus on. And I remember that scene. It's a really unusually sweet movie. Yeah, it really is. And that's yeah, why I say wow. it's, it's it's a Frank Capra-esque scene. Because if you look at it, It's a Wonderful Life. You know, an angel is sent down to, you know, to basically... Save him. Save him because he's going to commit suicide. <laughs> yeah. So the start of this film is Very the heavy. lead is jumping off a bridge to commit suicide right. and an angel comes it. down. So it's yeah. it's sort of like it has this odd parallel to It's a Wonderful Life. But it's crazy. It's this, you know, this ass kicking, sex fiend angel, cigarette yeah. smoking, the chain right. smoking angel yeah. that comes yeah. down. So, it's a wild movie. So but, your best and your uh, hidden gem. Best Leon the Professional. Okay, yeah. Hidden Gem on July. so good. And, and I, I'm he shoots his own films. Right. You know, he has people who work with him, but he pretty much DPs his own films. And and for me, that, that really inspires me because as a director, I love having my hands on the camera. You know, and at a certain point, I do think you have to relinquish that. Yeah. Because, you know, when you hit a certain point of scale, just... And also, if you find a collaborator 
like, um, you know, like Alfonso Cuan and Emmanuel Lubezki. I mean, that's a, a one, two or so you, you'll find these, these combos of cinematographer, like uh, the Coen brothers and Roger Deakins. Roger Deakins. Mm. Right. So, People who work together as a team and make magic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, okay. That's awesome. So did you give your best and your hidden gem? Yeah. Best Leon hidden gem Angela. Okay, good, good. All right. How many more do you have? Cause we do have to wind down I, again. This is uh, so much fun. We could be here all evening, but we probably will have to go home at some point. I think I only have five that we haven't covered. Okay, good. So hopefully we can wrap it up soon. We'll be concise about it. Um, it's my turn, right? Yep. Okay, good. So we'll kind of rattle them off. Yeah, let's, we'll just now do one minute per. Well, that's okay. I want you, especially you, Darius, I want you yeah. to be able to say what you feel has to be said. Right. Um, trust me, this is so much fun. It's just, you know, time. at some point we've got to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Oliver Stone. Now, he isn't what he used to be. It's true. Um, it was hard for me, but Platoon is incredible. It's an incredible war movie. Wall Street, incredible. Born on the 4th of July, mm. one of the best Tom Cruise performances. The film was great. JFK, I saw it again last year. It floored me how meticulous that film is. Um, the Doors, it, it, that's my hidden gem. I love. Number one, watching that movie got me obsessed with The Doors. I didn't know the music before that. Afterwards, I've been obsessed with The Doors ever since and Jim Morrison. Mm. And I think that's one of the most underrated performances of Val, Val Kilmer. Kilmer. He is incredible. How he didn't at least get an Oscar nomination, I don't know. Natural Born Killers is so trippy, but it's incredible. Snowden is actually quite underrated. And World Trade Center with uh, Michael Pena and Nicolas Cage. Did you see that? I haven't seen it. Very underrated. Really, really good, good film. Um Savage, but, Savages was the last film of his I saw. I didn't like Savages. Oh, I loved Savages. Yeah, I thought I it was an Oliver Stone yeah, film. Good, good okay. movie. Yeah. That's the one of the two. Snowden yeah. was his. Yeah. Snowden was his most recent one, which actually isn't bad. Savages was all wanchy, like about drug dealing and stuff, and That's about the, natural the girl killers. with two I mean, boyfriends, right? Yeah, yeah. she had two extremely hot lovers. That's it was why great. you liked it. <laughs> See, if it was one guy with two exactly. girls, exactly, you totally would have been all in that him. movie, Tony. Yeah. All right, so Oliver Stone. I won't say a lot more. Best platoon, um, underrated hidden gem for for sure. The Doors. I, that film hold something dear in my heart i love it i watch it every few years what about for you for oliver stone um i would say he would be on an extended list okay you know like he didn't make my top 25 okay. but uh definitely you know you're watching an oliver stone film. he made his mark it's yeah. true i mean he did that alexandra movie which kind of killed his career uh, it was this big epic movie um it's about alexander the great oh that uh, one yeah. and it was not acclaimed at all it was reviled okay we'll move on okay <laughs> what do you got? <laughs> so next on my list is the wachowskis and um really that could be really controversial for some people but so it was um, it was larry and something andy andy wachowski and now it's lana and i don't know because they, they yeah. transitioned from yeah from men so to they women. did the matrix yeah so which was incredible but what else okay so they did before Speed the matrix Racer? they Matrix was actually the first films they were going to do. And then Warner wouldn't give it to them unless they did a smaller film first. So then they did Bound, which was a, a good tight a thriller. lesbian thriller film, which is yeah. actually really good. Yeah. So, and then here again was a pair of directors that brought a new energy into the cinema. You can't, it was a changing point in it cinema. Was. With you, the Matrix. With yeah, the Matrix. I can't dispute that. And I'm just true. thinking of Jupiter ascending. Though. Okay, but, but oh. like I saw that and... There were parts of it that I really didn't no. like, but visually, what a spectacular film, other than uh, the wolf ears and I... the rollerblading in the sky. 
I that, hate that movie. Come on, like, Myla Kunis plays a janitor who's really like the princess of the galaxy. <laughs> but again, let's let's uh, let's strip them back and let's go to what is visually there. Visual. Yeah, there were good visuals. They they are astoundingly good visual directors. And Eddie Redmayne gives one of the worst performances ever, and he won an Oscar that year for The Theory of Everything. Yeah. So like I yeah, look just, visually, they're incredible. I mean, The Matrix was I groundbreaking. I'm a sci-fi. Yeah. Right? addict so and what do you think of revolutions and reloaded because i think those films were actually underrated they're underrated because the visuals are incredible it, it just like look they captured lightning in a bottle with yeah. the matrix mm. and then it was just then they they got too much power at that point right. and so the films bloated a little bit you know what i mean the editing cutting them down but the point was there was so much eye candy in there and eventually you're looking at you know an arthurian tragedy i mean they even have him riding off on the boat at the end you know so this was very much you know an arthurian tale right you know what i mean and you know or about you know the, the, going to valhalla you know there's, yeah. so they're very philosophical they're very intentional their choices are very intentional and like Cloud Atlas was a film that could have been so much better. Um, See, I actually loved that movie. But, it's funny because you, you're uh, making the, the wheels turn when I think about it because I didn't think of them as that acclaimed, but I love Cloud Atlas. I love The Matrix. Mm. I actually really like Speed Racer. So I'll tell you the I'm only surprised. thing I, I didn't like about Cloud Atlas was uh, the, the prosthetics. Okay, it just again, it just it, it took me We've out. We've got actors playing like nine different roles, mm. which is I thought it was so, so ambitious. Ballsy. Yeah, it's so, so ambitious. ballsy. And it's it's. What it's what is it talking about? It's talking about like people being reincarnated from life to life and tracking yeah, it, this it, musical theme. It goes across like I think seven centuries and characters playing different uh, characters through their different lifetimes. Do you remember the trailer for Clown Atlas? It was seven minutes long. The trailer. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. So, so I I just think it's inarguable that they were that they infused new life into cinema and I would I think almost any director who has who has come but after the matrix would be lying if They've they didn't been say trying to copy it yeah oh yeah it's a great pick i cannot dispute it at all it's actually really good what would be your best and your hidden gem or underrated okay so i, I would mean, obviously the best i would say uh the best would would have to be uh the first matrix Yes. And Hidden Gem, I would say Cloud Atlas. Okay, good. I would do exactly the same pick because mm -hmm. I'm actually a fan of Cloud Atlas. That film is very meaty. It's so long. It's so ambitious. I think that film's going to kind of stand the test of time. I agree completely. Okay, Martin McDonough. He's a new director. He's only made three films. I love every single one of them. So we won't spend a long time on this uh, guy. In Bruges. Yep. Three. Seven Psychopaths. Three Billboards. Three Billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Didn't he do one other film? Um, no, he did a film called The Shooter, which is a short film that's about 20 minutes long. Um, all three of those films blow me away for different reasons. He's got, he's almost like a kind of Tarantino, in my opinion. Okay. He, a he's bit. kind of similar, yeah. um, but more poetic and more yeah, emotional. Exactly. Three Billboards blew my mind. Me too. That yeah. two-minute tracking shot, I... I'm like we a baby. I'm film. obsessed over it. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, From I just saw the film. It was amazing. Uh, incredible. But uh, then I went back and rewatched all the films. And In Bruges, incredible. The dialogue is incredible. Seven Psychopath. That film is very ballsy and ambitious. I love that film. Yeah, oh, I love that. would be my hidden gem underrated because it didn't do as well. 
It, it's incredible. And Sam Rockwell, oh my God. I mean, he deserved the Oscar in Three Bullboards. He's so good in Seven Psychopaths. Yeah. My favorite for sure would be Three Bullboards. Now, those are the only films he's done. He, yeah. He's very new. My favorite, Seven Psychopaths, Hidden Gem in Bruges. <laughs> okay, good. Which was actually his first film and it was very acclaimed. Yeah. But yeah, and there's not much to pick from. All right, what do you got? Okay, so Let's next, wind down on Next this. on my list was Scorsese. Then I have the Coen brothers. Okay, so, I'm not the biggest fan. I'm well, going to admit that now. And I understand I love that. Fargo. So I here, love it. Blood Simple, Raising Arizona, Hudsucker Proxy, Fargo, Big Lebowski, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, No Country for Old Men, Burn After Reading, and True Grit. So um, True Grit was good. Um, no Country for Old Men is a very divisive film. I feel like I'm not manly enough that I can't <laughs> love that movie. I've said this several times. I've watched it three times. I don't hate it. It's just meh. And I don't like Xavier Bar Javier Bardman in that movie much at all. So I I'm went sorry. into that movie expecting to hate it because of all the vitriol that was being thrown on it. And I was blown away. I can't well, most even... men love it. I, I can't... Uh, What's I didn't wrong even, with me? I, I, don't, I don't think that has anything to do with it. I, I don't think that has anything to do it with it. It's a very manly movie. I, I, like, I don't consider it a manly movie. Okay. I just... There's something about the sparseness of it. Like, even if you look... And again, this is where... Uh, I think Roger Deakins' cinematography on this was transcendental. He does the cinematography for nearly all the Coen Brothers movies. Yes, right? I think the only one he didn't do was Burn After Reading, which is because he was on another film, and Lubezki covered for him on that film and just duplicated his style. Okay, and yeah. he said, why would I try and right. do anything else? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, he looks up to Deakins, and Deakins is one of my favorite DPs of all time. He's incredible. So there was just something about that film and Which it's one? in the in in uh, no country for old men okay the moment where javier bardem steps out of the house at the end and he yeah. just wipes his foot and like you that know I, what that means yeah it, so you've it's, seen the movie it's, <laughs> there's just so it's i guess it's because i expected to hate it hmm. that i loved it okay so as i said um like big lebowski it is fun i can have it I in small doses oh brother where art thou's kind of charming great soundtrack um the only film of theirs i truly raising arizona i saw when i was a kid it's quirky fargo i love yeah. that film is a masterpiece um but yeah they're hit and miss to me yeah so i would say that when you see a coen brothers film you know you're watching a coen oh, brothers yeah. movie i i think that they have a a, a very specific set of choices that they make yeah. and a specific way of telling stories and i think they're very good at it yeah like the hudsucker proxy a lot of people recommended that film to me i started it and i actually really enjoyed the first half mm -hmm. and then the magic just kind of dropped for me it wasn't a bad movie but i remember when i started watching there yeah uh. paul newman and uh, tim robbins but uh, it was okay. Um, anyway, uh, that's fine. Uh, the Coen brothers, uh, for sure. I mean, they've got a great body of work. What would be your hidden gem and your best? I would say hidden gem, Hudsucker Proxy. And so you love that? Yeah, I did. Okay. Uh, they were, many people do. Yeah, and and you see, most people would say Big Lebowski, and I would say my favorite of theirs is No Country for Old Men. Okay, which is their most popular. To me, Fargo, for sure. I love it. And yeah. then, you know, I would probably... It's a, it's It's got to be equal. Fargo and yeah. No Country for Old Men. It's, yeah, Fargo it's... Is, is incredible. Um, you know what? Yeah. It's, it's funny that you mentioned that because looking across both of those films now, I think why I like No Country for Old Men uh, as much as I do out of their films is that most of their films have this sort of like 
comedic view of violence that their characters are are that's true. Uh, are paradoxes yeah. or satirical or slightly caricatures you know what i mean like fargo i mean like how stupid are the villains oh my god you know what i mean but it's so barbaric remember the scene with the, 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 the like, wood chopper yeah so and in oh no god. country for old men there was none of that right so it so maybe that was the change that sort of made me go wow this is a much more mature film yeah so anyhow who knows? it was very well done it was um okay good so i think as much fun as we're having i only have one other well see i have so many more i don't know what happened to me i so i was i well that's good then i was gonna say let's just do two more you only have one more well the other ones i think we've already covered like well, next tell me... next on my list is christopher nolan who we already covered okay. we've already covered uh danny boyle oh good this um, isn't as bad as i thought then and let's then wrap it up. so the last one on my list uh i had an honorable mention which is guy Ritchie, but the next one on my list is alfonso coron Okay, he's great. He's, uh, again, like, and he hasn't made that many films. He's the guy who did Prisoner of Azkaban. He, uh, he did Children Birdman. of Men. He did Y Itu Mama Tambien. Um, which is a great he did Spanish movie. Little Princess, which was phenomenal. And oh, he did, I love a Little Princess. He did one of my favorite films of all time, which was Great Expectations. With Ethan That Hawke is a great and movie. Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow. I love that yeah. movie. I, I, I was really impressed because I read the book and I am really into that story yeah. and yeah. I really liked it. So this was after Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Baz Luhrmann did it. Um, you know, it became huge taking all these like mm -hmm. classical poets or, you know, novels and doing them in modern day movies. Yeah. And they did great Period expectations in modern. in modern time yeah. with De Niro, Gwyneth Paltrow, Ethan Hawke. When that film came out, I loved it. I watched it last year and I was so surprised how well it holds up. Yeah. Cool. I'm it's glad you brilliant. said that because oh, I loved it's, it. it's a film that I frequently watch. Yeah. And it was, a, you know, it's again, we're, I mean, we're up to my number 25, but that's, you know, where developmentally I was kind of at as a filmmaker as of just a, you know, a few short years ago. That's his hidden gem. Underrated for mm. sure. Yeah. It, and the scene when Gwyneth Paltrow walks in, and this is, you realize this is this combination of Quran and Lubezki where these guys make magic together. Mm. It's for me, it's, I can't look at it as just Quran. When she like touches him in that dress and he looks and when he's lying on the ground and she yeah. walks in the room mm -hmm. and the camera's on its side yeah and i went the fuck and then they just how they handled that scene it was jazz that movie was jazz how they were doing mm -hmm. it and the de niro with the drawings and the scene i always remember is when again she's like seducing him and coming onto him and then she just leaves yeah and he's there dazed and then this song swells and swells and he's in barefoot and he's just like, screw it. I'm not going to let her do that again. And he runs down the stairs. He gets in yeah. the cab with her and he goes and chases her. Remember that sequence? Yes. Uh, anyway, I saw the film, as I said, a few months ago and I was like, holy shit, this, I thought it was not going to hold, hold up well. And it, it does. I thoroughly yeah. enjoyed it. What would be your best and what would be, that's the underrated, I'm assuming. Uh, for no, I would actually say that. Uh, Great Expectations is my favorite movie of Oh, this. okay, good. Yes, yeah, sorry. I didn't want to talk for you. So yeah, for so, me, it would be my my hidden gem. Yeah, so, the, and, um, which is, I would say his, his most intense movie was Gravity, mm. um, which you either loved or you hated. But That's that, my favorite. I loved it. Movie. She's not a big fan. I'm not. Yeah, I, I, I saw I that in a theater, it. and it was the first time, and I didn't remember how long that I actually felt my heart pounding in my chest yeah, like literally pounding in my chest thank you i agree i loved it i am not the biggest fan of children of men it's not bad don't get me wrong that film is so acclaimed I didn't say that. it's pretty good 
it's just very jarring to me. It was too dark. Mm. Um, but okay, that's a great pick, and that's all you have. And and well, you had a, a honorable mention. Go I, ahead, mention the, the list quick. is like my honorable well, mentions. Guy Ritchie. Actually, okay, so Guy Ritchie again. Here was a guy who he was so fresh, you mm. know. And I saw Snatch before I saw Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. That's what pisses me off. Is in America, everyone knows him from Snatch. Yeah. In England, he just He's blew huge, up yeah. with Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Which, which was incredible. And and I love the story of Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels, which, you know, what happened, right? It's like one of the people who was on the film was a friend of Tom Cruise's. And oh. they were trying, he was screening the film for the American distributors and he invited some executives and they sent their assistants. And then just because like a friend who was related to Guy asked Tom Cruise to come to the screening, he showed up at the screening and then the assistant started calling the executives and soon the room filled up. He finished watching the film and he said, you know, if you don't buy your film, you're, if you don't buy this film, you're an idiot. This is one of the no most idea. entertaining wow. film in years. That's awesome. And that launched Guy Ritchie's career. That's, oh, that's awesome. fantastic. And, and not just him, uh, Matthew Vaughn, who that's I believe right. was the producer. That's right. On that, he on... did a lot of stuff with him. And now he's Kingsman, kick-ass. So, I, he almost made my list because he's fantastic. So That's interesting. So What's your favorite and your underrated for Guy Ritchie? Uh, my favorite is, um, I'm going to say Snatch. And I would say underrated, The Man from Uncle. That mm. is a good movie. Elizabeth. Which that is, is. phenomenal production design. And the only reason I don't think it hit bigger was because, and I could be completely wrong on this because I thought it was a, a phenomenally well-crafted movie. It was set in the 70s and it's, you know, different stakes. And it's, it's you know, Bond has done the right thing, which is they've mm -hmm. evolved. Right. Do you know what I yeah. mean? So it keeps it like the audience can relate to it more, which means more people are going to buy it. You see a movie set in the 70s like that, it's it's already a harder sell. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's the only reason I think that movie didn't do bigger. Yeah, so I would say probably Sherlock Holmes is my favorite just because it's so fun and great, that movie. So I'm going to say Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels is Hidden Gem Underrated because that's the film that made him a sensation. Um, and it's always interesting to me, especially outside of England, mm -hmm. uh, how many people don't really know that film, that Snatch was the film that grabbed them. Yeah. Um, also, King Arthur wasn't bad. It's an entertaining movie. I quite liked it, and it tanked, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay, good. Is that good for you? I think you should speed... I think what we should do is speed... In, like, in 30 seconds, all the other names that List we didn't talk yeah. about that are not in no particular sequence. I'm going to... Give me a few minutes. Okay. And then I promise we'll do... We'll just rattle off some names. But, okay. Um, I have three more. Okay. Um, I just want to talk about... Um, but yeah, we'll try and I, look. We're all into this so much. But number one, Peter Weir. Um, Peter Weir is a director who hasn't done a lot of films and has been kind of obscure of late. But he did Dead Poets Society, my favorite film of all time. Yep. He did Truman Show, one of my all time Love favorite that. films. He did Witness with Harrison Ford, which Love is that. a great film. He did Master and Commander with Russell Crowe, which is so underrated. Hasn't really done anything since. He did something called The Way Back. Um, so my favorite is Dead Poet Society. Underrated absolutely is Master and Commander. Dead um, Poet Society, one of my it's favorite my, films of all time. It's actually, changed, changed my life. Oh, me yeah. too. It's actually my favorite film and then Lord of the Rings. Whenever someone asks me, what's your favorite film? Dead Poet Society. Cause it, it blew me away and it still does. Um, okay, good. I'll, I'll just rattle these off. Edgar Wright who's a newer director, but is amazing. Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, Baby Driver. He's incredible. Amazing. I think he's very exciting. Uh, Cameron Crowe. 
and it breaks my heart his uh, career in the last decade or so um but he wrote fast times at ridgemont high singles jerry Maguire, almost famous vanilla sky uh, and we bought a zoo <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then uh, Aloha, which uh, it breaks my heart. But um, I mean, obviously, probably Jerry Maguire would be my favorite, or maybe yeah. actually almost famous, probably because it's so good. Vanilla Sky, without that's a doubt, so the most good. underrated hidden gem. I love that movie. Yes. Um, that's my list. I agree with all your list um, choices. Go ahead. I mean, I have a bunch of others here, but you're right. I mean, we're winding down, so we have the last few minutes that we can kind of hold on to with a, a, a final gasp. Do you want to just rattle off I'm some just going to rattle off. But here's what we have to agree upon, folks, because, uh, A, we haven't even let Yenny mention anything. Oh, it's okay. Um, this has well, been fascinating. I know. Well, look, we're going to have so much. We get so excited about it. Let's just rattle them off and keep it to one or two comments. Good. I'm just, Darius, you're I'm, the guest. I'm not even Go. going to make comments on them. Okay, so... Fritz Lang, Frank Capra, Orson Welles, Mel Brooks, Peter Jackson, Tarsem, Nikki Carroll, Catherine Bigelow, Wes Anderson, Hayao Miyazaki, Alejandro Inaratu, Guillermo del Toro, Curtis Hansen, Francis Ford Coppola, Oliver Stone, John Woo, Ang Lee, Zhang Jamao, or Yamao Zhang, however you say his name, Nicholas Wending Riffin, Robert Altman, Harold Ramis, Jean-Pierre Junet, Sergio Leone, Brian De Palma, Rob Rayner, Alan Parker, Edgar Wright, yep. David Lean, Sidney Lumet, Stanley Kubrick, Alfred Hitchcock, Charlie Chaplin, Nora Ephron. Yeah, she's good. And uh, what was the last one? Do you want me to just rattle off mine? Yeah, that, um, I think you should just speed read it. A lot of like those that. I had. Okay. John McTiernan, Roland Emmerich, and Michael Bay, who I call the, the kings of destruction. <laughs> okay, good. Edward Zeck, Zweck. I mean, fantastic director. Legends Agreed. of the Fall, Last Samurai, Blood Diamond, Richard Donner, Paul, Incredible. Ver, Paul Verhoeven, um, Gus Van Sante. Oh, Good Will Hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, Zack Snyder. I, I actually love some of his original stuff. Mm-hmm. Dawn of the Dead, 300, Watchmen. Um, Judd Apatow. Mm-hmm. He kind of created the whole serious adult comedy humor films. Um, Matthew Vaughn. Uh, Denis Villeneuve. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Um, I think that's pretty much it, actually. And then, uh, so since great. we stole all the uh, thunder from you, Miss Money Annie, did you have any on you your list? You covered every single one that I had. This was very yeah. extensive. <laughs> um, it's really late. Our we really husband... apologize. Yeah. Oh, uh, no, well, no, it's, it's a good. two-parter. So it actually, to, <laughs> It'll the, be fine. to the listeners, it's going to be like a standard uh, episode. But for our husband and wives, they'll probably like have a search patrol <laughs> out for us right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, look, I, I hope uh, everyone enjoyed this as much as we did. Was this was awesome. super fun uh darius thanks so much um this is a a great deep dive on on best film directors and you're welcome anytime uh there's a it's gonna be dangerous though because i can see there's a lot for us to talk about uh once again where can people find you what's your website darius uh dare cinema www.darecinema.com and you know hopefully uh, we're literally just finalizing the last few details with the distributor and then the hollywoodans will be on amazon iTunes and like they've got like 150 places it's going to show up on. Great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, check out his stuff. Darius Wilher, you're a very talented man. Thank and, you, sir. Uh, you share the passion of movies like I do. Uh, Miss Money, any as always, thanks for being patient and just uh, <laughs> listening and looking at us with googly eyes. It was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was fun. All right. We're done. Thanks so much. Uh, let's go to our husbands and wives. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Thank you.
Thanks so much for listening to another new episode of Tony the Movie Guy, the podcast. Just a reminder to follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Tony the Movie Guy. You can email us at Tony the Movie Guy podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Patreon and YouTube, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye.